0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello. Thank you for
1: going to the Les Schwab tires. Tires. I don't
0: know. Hello.
1: We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't like you vive, say tires? Vive Cluco It's the same Just thing. say tires. Uh, where, where did we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will
2: Darkins, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab. Tires! Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952.
1: Sports. The Final Frontier. These are the voices of the sinner and the saint. I kick you, and then if you feel well enough, you can kick me in the groin. So if you throw up, yeah, you're done. Their weekly mission? To provide hot takes, medium takes, sometimes annoying takes, mild takes, to boldly go where no show has gone before. Luke Anderson. Oh, here are Locklear, though. Have you seen her? <laughs> Ooh, that's Heather Walker that smokes. She's a little trashier, so she's like more gettable. Will
2: Darkens. I start to get that feeling again, the college football feeling. It's that time where you uh, realize that on Saturdays and
1: Sundays you can ignore your family. This is the Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show, presented by Frostbrewed Coors Light. The world's most refreshing beer on 1080 The Fans. The song just makes me want to dance. We're through hour one. Normally, we would only have one hour left, but a special three-hour edition. It's a first road game for the Ducks. We've got guys in studio all day until midnight when Brandon Sprague flips on his microphone. Does it go till 1 a.m.? It goes till 1 a.m. It's just bros Ooh, in the studio blowing man. out, bro. Man, it's going to be brotastic. Good thing we have that box of Playboys still.
2: There is a box of Playboys yeah. in this studio, and it's, uh, it's actually, I, you know, I, I know we kind of joke around about it, but it's pretty disgusting that there's just a box of Playboys there. And the box is, like, yellow at this point. I don't know why that's the case. I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I hate to do this. I know that's, you know, we laugh at it, but it's actually pretty disgusting that there's just a box of nudie mags in there, you know. I mean, am I the only, if I'm the only one, I'll shut up. But If
1: you missed anything from hour one, you can go on to 1080thefan.com and download the Les Schwab Tires podcast. While you're there, jump over to the events page and check out uh, the event page for Bourbon Heritage Month. It's your last weekend to celebrate with Jim Beam, and there are seven participating restaurants, and they're all featuring a special $8 cocktail. I found out the one at the Laurel Horse Market is called the Fanboy. I think that might be for uh, Isaac Ropp. Uh, along with uh, Laurel Orr's Market, Bunk Bar on Water Avenue, Chapel Hill Church Bar, the Pope House Bourbon Lounge, Reverend's Barbecue, and Southland Whiskey Kitchen, go and celebrate America's native spirit. Do it. You should. I highly recommend it. We did have a follow-up to your uh, Lil Zane. Lil uh, Zan. Lil Zan story from the Better You Today text line 55305. I wonder if Lil Flip young Jeezy or Lil Pump ever ate too many snacks. Lil Pump! Also compared this to uh Biggie Tupac's stuff.
2: Uh I, I you know rappers these days are just getting um
1: it's getting absurd. I felt like I uh, you know No, you're getting old. This is what happened when your parents were like, no, what kind of music are you listening to? This is this is the evolution of well, that. No, this you know is what? you when being I was, in your 30s. No, yeah, no that is yes. No, it just admit it.
2: When I was a kid rap was just coming out. No, it was not. Yes, what are you talking about? Yes, late 80s, early 90s. It was just coming out.
1: No. Oh, so it was out before then? Been rapping since the 70s. Yeah, you just I don't didn't think know so. about it. You just didn't know about it. I don't it. think so. It was having its, its its emergence into popular culture, but it was in the underground, my friend. Check out Grandmaster Flash. Check out his credits. See where he goes back. Early 80s. Sugar Hill Gang. Apache. Jump on it. I, uh, I kind of mark the start of rap at Sir Mix-a-Lot. Well, then you'd be missing a lot of uh, the great history of rap and hip-hop. He's an he's a, uh, innovator. He he is. Sir Mix-a-Lot. He does. He mixes a lot. From Bremerton, Washington. Hey, really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that. Do you know that uh, Sinbad <laughs> is back on TV? I saw that.
2: Uh, that how, th- how did that happen i don't
1: know i, I thought, thought
2: he was exiled i, I from TV. thought we
1: were done with him
2: you know what i mean like how there are some people that just kind of get exiled from tv for some reason chevy chase is one of them well che- chevy
1: chase is a terrible person and everybody hates him though right and he got exiled yeah well just but said, he was on community recently i mean it's not like <laughs> but he he so the washington post brought out an article
2: this week basically saying he's back he says he's sober uh but nobody will give him work okay Like, Sinbad, it's not the same thing. I don't think Sinbad's an a-hole. Maybe it is, or maybe he is. I'm not sure. But he's just been exiled because everybody was like, dude, you were funny for, like, a a micro shot of time. Yeah. And then you weren't, and now we don't love you anymore.
1: And then they found a spot for him, and they brought him right back. And now he has a
2: mohawk in the show. Does he really? Yes. Take a look at it. For some reason, they said, the only way we can get you on this show, Sinbad, is if you— you give yourself a mohawk at the age of I'm guessing
1: 58. What do you want to do right here? Do you want we we've, we've kind of wasted the first half of this segment, but I no, we didn't. I, we I talked about Sinbad. I don't mind. Don't, don't don't think I'm upset about it. Do you want right now we can dive into the Pac-12 schedule? Oh yeah. Or, oh yeah. Or I can share my favorite story of the week.
2: Okay, let's hear your favorite
1: story. I almost sent this to you to use as your favorite story of the week, but I figured we had three hours, so why not? Okay. The headline reads, Romeo of Rimini playboy Mazarillo Zafanti dies after having sex with 23-year-old tourist. Hmm. Okay. A man named the, nicknamed the Romeo of Rimini because he slept with so many women has died while having intercourse with a 23-year-old tourist, Mariano Zafinti. Uh, Italy's most famous playboy was 63 years old when he died. He said he slept with more than 6,000 women. Previously boasted in a successful summer, he would sleep with around 200 women. His highest tally, he said, was 207. So I'm waiting for the catch here. It's, what's the catch? Is this, this it? Well, here's the catch. Okay. Pull up Mario Zanfanti. Z-A-N-F-A-N-T-I. Mario. Zenfanti. so the man has been a nightclub promoter in Rimini, a beachside party his town? last name again z-a-n f-a-n-t-i okay he has been a nightclub promoter in Rimini, a beachside party town in italy in the since the 1970s when he was 17 years old now take a look at this guy yeah he's he's a great looking guy <laughs>
2: I mean he was back in the 70s and 80s.
1: Yeah, wearing that leather jacket with that just fur coat of a chest. Now for some reason whenever I look up his name
2: uh and put 2018 on the end of it, uh I just get pictures of uh Super Mario. Well,
1: I don't know what to tell you there. <laughs> this doesn't help me. <laughs> the guy basically just partied his whole life and then died doing what he loved. Yeah, I guess.
2: Right. I mean, I, I don't know. This wasn't, you know, this this wasn't edifying for me. This didn't help. Well,
1: right. I apologize. <laughs> you know,
2: I would- some old some old guy who got laid a lot died. Getting laid. That's That should be the slug of that story. Getting <laughs> laid, yes. Getting laid. Now, who's the 23-year-old who has issues with their parents that thought this was going to be okay? Yeah.
1: Well, it's like, oh, meet this guy. He sleeps with every woman that comes through this town. You should join them. Life's obviously gotten out of
2: control for her or him.
1: Yeah. Well, and and how do you move on from that? Like, how was your trip? Well, I was having sex with this old club promoter, and then he died. Had a heart attack while we were doing it.
2: Hotel room was great, though.
1: <laughs> it was a beautiful. And then, then I ordered lunch, and then I called room service to have him removed. Food was spectacular. Yeah. Alright, well that so, was a bust. Yeah, I you know We tried I, hey, listen. I'm sorry, I thought
2: there would be a catch to that. I, I What's thought a catch? that like I don't know. I just to me A
1: scuzzy old Italian guy that's yeah. how he did his whole life and that's how he died. Let me tell you something. To me, that delighted me.
2: If we were in Italy, I think that would just be maybe on page two of the paper.
1: Yeah? Because I feel like that probably happens all the time in Italy. <laughs> it's just like, oh, there's another bunga bunga party and <laughs> then everybody died. They have a whole uh <laughs> They have a whole Bunga Bunga section. There's a section dedicated to old Italians that die having sex with young women. Little graphics. Is that what you're suggesting? I would think yes. I would think that's how things roll in Italy. All right. Well, you know what that means? It's time to dive into the Pac-12 schedule. There are a couple games that I've got circled on there that could be very interesting, including Stanford, Notre Dame, and we'll start with that one next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. (laughs) I think the Better You Today text line wasn't about your uh, bunga bunga news. That's fine. Go on to Twitter. I just uh, tweeted out a bunga bunga photo of the guy. Like, maybe that's what was missing. Because I got a, I got a glimpse of the dude.
2: He looks like Andre the Giant mixed
1: with David Lee Roth. Doesn't he? At Sinner Saint 1080. It's there. Go check out the picture. Maybe I was wrong. It delighted me, and I tried to share it with you, and if you didn't like it, uh, I'm sorry. It
2: was sad. It was very sad. Poor How old is that man. sad? Poor old man, Tell dying me. what he loved
1: doing. Yeah, that, listen, if you chose the way that you would go from this life. Well,
2: I mean, huh? my fiance is listening, so. No, no, no. Oh.
1: Would you choose doing something you loved? Oh, of course. So that's all I'm saying. Of course. Yeah, so for you, it would be listening to jazz and making glass art. For this guy, it was having sex with 23-year-old tourists. Yeah, and I would want it to be... Happy, sad stories to me are delightful. I
2: want it to be while I'm sipping coffee.
1: There you go. And I'd have a zoot suit on. (laughs) Wearing a zoot suit sipping poison coffee. That's how you die. Barfing up uh, flaming Hot Cheetos. Anyways. A... What I think is a delightful slate of games for the Pac-12 this week. And oh, I think, do you? I, personally, yes. I mean, have you looked at the slate of games? Utah at Washington State, Stanford at Notre Dame, BYU at Washington. You get Herm Edwards this week for your Beeves, huh? Oregon State at Arizona State, and yeah. then you got Oregon Cal, as a lot of people have said. Plus... Arizona, how great would that be if they knocked off uh, USC? I am not so intrigued with that game because I almost No, think- that game That game sucks. I, yeah, was, to, I, I was really think- trying to wedge that one in there, yeah, but neither that's a terrible those, game.
2: Neither of those guys. Really the most intriguing matchup of any of these because... Or let me rephrase what I was going to say. The most exciting matchup of any of these is going to be BYU-Washington. I'm not so excited about Stanford-Notre Dame because I kind of feel like the play will go down to Stanford's level where they'll both just start to kind of go in the trenches and well, but you've got an undefeated, it out.
1: But you've got an undefeated Notre Dame team that has already beaten Michigan. Uh, now they've just switched quarterbacks. Ian Book was the guy they put in last week. He had a good game. Now he's playing against a team fresh off of a top 20 win against Oregon in a game that we think they escaped where they should have had a loss. But now you've got Stanford moving ahead. Are they going to be the team to beat in the Pac-12 North? because they'll, they'll be perfect if they win this, obviously. And then you've still got Washington Oregon, I guess, would be the teams battling for the North title. And then you've got Notre Dame, who doesn't have a conference championship game. So the only way they're getting to the college football playoff is to go undefeated. So th- this has a little bit of that playoff feel that we're talking about with Penn State, Ohio State, too. And I think this is going to be a better game than that will. I think Ohio State kind of rules Penn I, State a little I bit. I think
2: with Stanford and Notre Dame, you have to do it as the battle of two teams that always end up losing. <laughs> They well, just do but that's, man. But, that's even not exactly year, but even last year. But even last year Notre Dame did this where we kind of thought they were good the first four or five games and then they just kind of have a tailspin. And no and Stanford, I, I mean, we're just expecting it, right? They're they're gonna lose that weird, useless game. I still predict, I know you say they're they're gonna get beat by Notre Dame. I still predict that they're gonna get through this one, but it's that Washington State, it's that Cal game where they just kind of start to put it on autopilot and say Man, we'll go to the Rose Bowl. Do you they don't think, really
1: care. Do you think David Shaw will end his career at Stanford without ever playing in a college football playoff?
2: Yes. Okay. I really do. And I think David Shaw will end his career at Stanford uh, an extremely old man because there's no way that guy is ever going to get fired. Like, okay, think of any other prominent college football coach right now in the country. Is there anybody that has more job security? Nick Saban. Does he? Yeah. I don't know. Really? I feel like the culture around Alabama has what? become so win now win every single time that if Saban had for some weird reason two three win seasons, dude would be on two, hot seat. three win yeah. seasons. How does that even happen? I don't know. If he if how hey, ma- how did it happen with Pete Carroll? Remember Pete Carroll absolutely dominated the 2000s? Sanctions. As we got later into it, he Started to have some bad seasons, and then he got
1: himself out. I get the sanctions. Yeah, yeah, but if 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 Stanford had two, three win seasons, you think he'd be out too? There's a no, big... I I just don't. Well, I, there's, he's an there's alumni. No way... He
2: is. He literally is the personality that personifies Stanford. Like when people think of Stanford, when people think of Alabama, they think of Nick Saban. When people think of Ohio State, they think of urban Meyer when they think of Stanford they think David Shaw it's different with other teams like with Oregon it's always every single year right with the Ducks you're thinking of a different type of player that's associated with the team
1: yeah I I get that but here's here's my thought is when you say job security I think of who's going to be fired like Bo Pelini was from Nebraska he had nine win season nine win season nine win season then he was fired he didn't have three win season three wins season three one season and I don't see that from David Shawn. I don't see that from Nick Saban, and I don't see that from a lot of top college football coaches the guys that when I think of job security it's like if Nick Saban went on a stretch how many years would he have to go without appearing in a national title game before he got fired since he's won five three You say three years without a national title game and they're going to fire Nick Saban? Not fire, but start
2: exploring options because of where he is in his career right now and what his age is. Now, if this was a younger guy... I I I agree the expectations are higher, but... If this was David Shaw, it it would be different because of the fact that Saban is now, in terms of age, nearing the end of his career, and I'm just saying that based off of his age, if he had three no-shows in the college football playoff Or the national title, yeah, I do believe that would start a process for Alabama to go, yeah, I think Saban's lost it. I think we need to start kind of searching and put together an exploratory committee to get us back where we need to be. Dude, that football team is the driving revenue force for that university.
1: Well, there's no question about it, but nobody's going to abandon them after a few seasons. But, okay, so here's my curiosity with this, because David Shaw, the expectations are lower. I grant you that. So let's look at the Shaw era and we'll just kind of run through it as quickly as I can. But he started in 2011. 11 wins, 12 wins, 11 wins, 8 wins, 12 wins, 10 wins, 9 wins. So if he dropped off and had three seven-win seasons in a row, yeah. you're saying that they would not start exploring other options? Never. He's the most winning coach in Stanford history.
2: Never. Uh, never? Seriously. Okay. No, that that guy will never get fired. Dude, think about Mike Riley. Mike Riley never got fired from Oregon State. Even the year he left to go to Nebraska, when people were rumoring, oh, I think he's going to get fired this year. No, he wasn't. They were (laughs) going to keep him around, and there was going to be a situation where they were going to try to convince him to leave. With guys like that, it's all about are you going to do something catastrophic that makes me fire you?
1: It's just, it's, it's interesting Either
2: that or are, you going to get it in the way of our but, money yeah, in, but the, it, in, in terms of Jim Trestle?
1: But here's the funny thing with your perception of David Shaw is you feel like he's at his ceiling now, right? Cause he's, he can't, it can't, you say he's never going to make a college okay, football playoff. Yeah, yes. You said that immediately. So he's at his ceiling Yes, and he can drop down another two or three losses every season and is impermeable to being fired. How many Rose Bowls has he won? I don't know. I mean, let's see if I have it on How my How many book.
2: Heisman candidates has he produced?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, he's had Heisman candidates. He's got three Rose Bowl wins. He's got a win at the Foster Far- – oh, no, I'm sorry. He only has two Rose Bowl wins. He has three appearances. And he's got a Foster Farms Bowl win, a Sun Bowl win. But he's lost in the Fiesta Bowl, he lost a Rose Bowl, and he lost in the Alamo Bowl. So the, he's, guy, he's, the guy he's, personifies he's, Stanford. He just does. I, I get that, but I'm just saying that the no coach is indestructible. If you start having seven-win seasons where you're not competing in the Pac-12 for a 12, Pac-12 title, you're gonna, you're going to look elsewhere even even if it's a guy that you absolutely love. All right. Now and you you feel like David Shaw's probably had opportunities to go to the NFL if that's what he wanted to do so I can, I'm with you that he's an old man at some point, but at some point he's also going to have a team. I don't know if CJ Costello is the quarterback that's going to take them there, but at some point you expect Stanford to get the right mix of having an Andrew Luck type quarterback with a great defense and they're going to eventually make a Pac-12 or win the Pac-12 and get into the, the championship, the tournament, the stupid thing that they do. What's it called where the college football does a playoff? Uh, it is the college football playoff. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, it escaped me. No, it's a
2: fine. Uh, okay. Let's get macro. Oh, I'm sorry, micro on this. Let's do it. Mario Cristobal. Yeah. First season as a head coach. Yeah.
1: His and he real, already has a bowl loss. That's pretty amazing.
2: His real grit. His time where we're going to tell what he's made of is when Justin Herbert leaves.
1: Yeah. I'll I genuinely about.
2: believe that. Well, that's the
1: same thing that happened with Mark Elfrich when you lose Marcus Mariota. What, sure. what What have you done to restock the shelf? So
2: do you feel like that he's done a good enough job recruiting? And do you feel like he is a good enough coach to lead this team to consistent Pac-12 North titles, consistent Pac-12 title games, consistent Rose Bowl appearances, perhaps, and then eventually consistent college football playoff appearances. After five games, I have no idea. Well, because I think there's going to be a dangerous precedent set for him if Herbert sticks around for another season, which is I'm going to rely and lean on my quarterback as much as possible. Now, a lot of Oregon fans would tell you this is what happened with Willie Taggart. He leaned on the talent of Justin Herbert and of his players, and then when you had no Justin Herbert, that team stunk like bad. And so you kind of think, okay, are the people that he's recruited and is the scheme that he's thought of, this power spread offense, is it going to be good enough to keep them relevant? I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how he'll shore up this team once Herbert leaves. Because I assume Herbert's going to leave after this season. There's too much money on the line. There's too much
1: opportunity on the line for him to exit. Uh, anytime after that, I still think it's interesting what he's going to do with Justin Herbert. I mean How confident are you in the ducks at Cal? I'm fairly confident. I'm just looking at the text line 55305 is the better you today text line How confident are you in Oregon? There's a few people on here that I think still don't know the identity of this ducks team Are they a young young inexperienced team that that aren't able to, you know, put down the dagger when they have Stanford on the ropes? Or are they a team that's going to go and roll through the rest of the schedule? Because if they go out and play like they did for the first three quarters against Stanford, they're going to be in in the hunt for a Pac-12 title. Don't separate teams into quarters, though. I, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. that's the danger of doing that. But I think, listen, we know how excited the Oregon fans in this building were coming off of the their, their non-conference schedule. Mm. And they didn't play anybody. No. And then we also know how many excuses were made for the Oregon team that lost to Stanford and had every opportunity to win that game, but there was a very rousing conversation about shoulda, coulda, wouldas. The pylon! Uh, uh, The pylon! Yes, we've heard all of that. So... When, when you think that they just kind of cakewalk into there, this is a much-improved Cal defense, and Justin Herbert's going to have to be very good to beat them. I think this could be a close game, and it should be a fun season to watch not only what Mario Cristobal does after Justin Herbert. Again, what's he going to do with him?
2: Interesting twist in the Mario Cristobal uh, from the text line 55305. Better you, you today, text line. If Mario succeeds and a job opens up in the South, he gone. Do you really think so? Do you think he's the go-getter no. type where he, or do you think he's uh, one of the smart people in this world and he's like, oh yeah, I've fallen on a completely great situation where I have Nike's backing and I am a recruiting god in terms of I can just bring a kid into this stadium and they'll say yes. I, yeah. That, that's what surprised me so. And I hate to get on the bandwagon with Oregon to Willie Taggart hate. But that, to me, was like one of the worst career decisions you could have made as Willie Taggart.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, it
2: really was. I get well, it. You it's go looking, back to your It's home,
1: looking worse how bad they are now.
2: Yes. You go back to your home state yep. and you get to coach your old team. But, dude, look at the situation you were in. You're not that great of a coach. Yeah. And you have this opportunity to recruit to a place that people are very, very easily persuaded once they get inside of the stadium. You could have run that for decades. Yep. They would have kept you around forever. And then you go to Florida State where there were early signs even before you took the job that there was leakage.
1: Well, and the reason Jimbo Fisher left is because they were never willing to commit to the facilities. They were never willing to back the program the way Jimbo Fisher wanted them to and Oregon has nothing but strong backing. I don't know that there's a better landing spot to be in Oregon. And you talk about the expectations where at Florida state, the expectation is national championship. Oh yeah. The PAC 12 is PAC 12 championship is the expectation. And you talk about that with Stanford and David Shaw's job security. It's because in the PAC 12, we're, we're wanting a team to get a bid for the college football playoff. We're not expecting the PAC 12 champion to be the favorite in the PAC 12 or in the college football playoff every year. No, not so that, at all. That, I, as far as a landing spot goes, if Mario Cristobal is smart, what's the better job going back to his alma mater, Miami. I don't think it's any job in the South.
2: No, in fact, the Miami job's looking worse and worse. I I, uh, we were talking to a uh, boss man, Jeff Austin, and he had actually gone down to Miami for a weekend. Uh, oh, I think it was last week.
1: It was last weekend, yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, to go with his son, and they went to a Miami game, and he said, dude, that stadium feels like a pro
1: game. Like they are he said if it was like a pro basketball game. It's yeah. t-shirt cannons and music between everything. Just Miami's a very different environment. Stimulus,
2: stimulus yeah. pumping everywhere, music like you're saying t-shirt cannons on the big screen. There's just, you know, flashing yep. images. And I feel that way when I go to a Blazer game sometimes where I'm just like, dude, can you just let up yeah. for a bit? Like yeah.
1: I I'm trying That's why I say pro basketball cuz pro football is not that way. Certainly not in the Northwest. You go to a Seahawks game, they're just they're loud because they're lunatics. Yeah. They well, don't need all of that extra jazz. Well, and that's
0: what's
2: so great about going to a classic college football game in, you know, kind of classic college towns and, you know, I'm, I'll I'll get on my homer horse here, but yeah. going to a game well. at Oregon State University feels like just a larger high school football game. You got the band playing and they they just they really focus in on what's going on in the field and it feels like a small community. It's
1: great. Two teams have made it to the quarter mark of the NFL season. The rest of the teams will make it after this weekend. We'll get you a little uh, preview of a week four in the NFL, and we've got a fantastic Twitter poll that we need to get to. We'll try to do all that next, but first, uh, we need to do the news. Got to read this text from the Better You Today text line from Deal. Do it. Never been to a Beaver game.
2: That's a great text. But is it true that the announcer thanks every
1: fan in attendance individually at all home games? Yes. Yeah. I'd like to thank uh, row 25, section 30, row B, seat 1 through 4. This is the Johnson family there. Little Michael. They've driven in from Silverton. Thanks, Deal. Appreciate you uh, calling out my Homerism. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember
2: going to that stadium and seeing all the boys walking down the street, getting to the stadium, the Beaver Walk. I am going to be that 80-year-old guy who goes back to Racer Stadium for those games and who's remember.
1: I remember when I did the beaver walk. What What's a beaver walk?
2: So the beaver walk is basically when the bus pulls up and then you walk down a road for a little bit and go into the stadium. And it's lined by fans
1: and everybody cheers. It's called the beaver walk. The beaver walk. Uh, for those of you that are playing along on Twitter, it is at Center Saint. 1080 oh that is a vicious hit yeah uh, oh, so yeah we're gonna yeah. we're gonna do a little <laughs> a little audible here uh so we've got the the Clemson uh Syracuse game on our televisions here in studio and we talked about it a little bit earlier but the the whole Kelly Bryant situation uh where Dabo Sweeney decided to let his senior quarterback red shirt and transfer uh he was their starter last year took him to the college football playoff well he was uh he was replaced by a freshman, Trevor Lawrence, who does look very much like a Todd Marinovich uh, lookalike, surfer bro, California kid.
2: Yeah, he looks like he just got out of the VW wagon.
1: Yeah, so he got popped, took a shot to the head, and uh, has concussion-like symptoms. Um, so he was replaced by another freshman because their entire quarterback depth chart is freshman. Uh, so he's been replaced by Chase Britton, and they're down 16-7 to Syracuse, the only team that they lost to last year. So this is a 26-point spread. Uh, Syracuse obviously not the favorite in this game. Um, but, yeah, this makes that decision to let Kelly Bryant go and the decision that the Nick Saban made to keep Jalen Hurts kind of in that limbo period so he can keep using his eligibility in case something happens to Tua it makes that look pretty smart. Uh,
2: yes, extremely smart. And, you know, I thought more about that whole situation with Tua and Jalen Hurts. And you have to kind of think to yourself, if you're Tua, I'm putting myself in his position. I mean, dude, you're going to get drafted. It really doesn't matter if Jalen Hurts is hanging around. We all know how accurate you are. Like,
1: you're going to be a first round pick. Is it possible to win a Heisman Trophy and not play in any fourth quarters because your team is so far ahead? They're up forty nine nothing at the half right now. Alabama is over, you know, directional Louisiana.
2: Is it possible to win a Heisman Trophy and be in a conversation of are you going to start or not
1: <laughs> the entire
2: season, dude? I mean, every single game you don't know because Nick Saban is such a, you know, I don't know old curmudgeon about how he makes decisions. Now I, I want to go back to the whole uh, Kelly Bryant thing and this whole injury here with Trevor Lawrence um now you told me that before half you were watching i was doing the update that he uh he came back out onto the field right
1: he did he it looked like he was coming out on the field it was a little bit hard to tell because they were obviously uh cutting shots and i don't have sound here in the studio well, but now it looked, you
2: and i watched that hit yeah. yeah that dude's not coming back that was a vicious I, on did, the top I didn't of the i skull. didn't see the
1: hit when i saw him walking back though all i saw is that he was pulled from the game so yeah, yeah it doesn't look like he's coming back and you never know how many weeks you're going to miss with that but if you end up losing here to syracuse as as tight as the races are going to be for those four college football spots, and I was going to ask you later in the show, I mean, it feels very much early in the college football season, and maybe this is just the way that we all project ahead, that it's going to be Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State are the four teams, and we don't know who those other teams are at this moment. But one injury to a quarterback for Clemson, now that they don't have a proven backup – can end their season just as quickly. And if you have somebody that turns into, you know, a star while the season's going on, you know, looking at Will Greer play for for, for West Virginia or, or some of the other, you know, quarterback talent out there, we can see uh, somebody sneak into that college football playoff very easily because you realize how fickle football can be.
2: Well, I think you always can, and you're completely right. It's just one of those situations where you don't know what's going to happen. And really, the kind of barometer I always take with college football is after week seven. After week yeah. seven, you, for the most part, can kind of rely on a lot of things that are about to happen. Now, in the SEC, that might be different. Obviously, we've seen that with Georgia and Alabama. But with the rest of the conference, I remember last year we had all just kind of resided ourselves here in the Pac-12 to say, yeah, it's going to be Washington, but nobody's making the playoff. Yeah. It's Washington. That's fine. Whatever. And I felt like we all just kind of glazed over everything because it just wasn't going to happen. Now, there are two teams right now. I don't know. I guess I'll throw three. Three teams right now in the big uh, or the Pac-12 that I legitimately think have a shot to make the college football playoff. That's. Washington, Stanford, and Colorado, dude, Colorado looks solid. Yeah. They look good, and they have the advantage of playing in a very weak Pac-12 South where you could practically walk into the Pac-12 title game, have a great chance at beating somebody like Stanford or,
1: or Washington, and if you're undefeated, no doubt you're getting into the playoff. Well, and just look at this. This is kind of the 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 thing that you can point to with the instability at, at at the quarterback position right here. You've got Clemson's the number three team in the country. They've already made a quarterback change and let one guy walk. You've got, like you said, two different starters for the number one team, Alabama. Notre Dame is the number eight team in the country. They've already made a switch at quarterback. You're not sure how good the quarterback is for LSU. You have uh, a possible maybe only a quarter suspension for uh, Kyler Murray at Oklahoma. Yeah, but,
2: that's kind of weird, right? They're not even really releasing what's, what's going on. Yeah, exactly. It's like so, a minor team infraction. Yeah, exactly.
1: But but there's just a bizarre, and even rumors about Georgia having another freshman quarterback that could go in and take out Jake Fromm, and it's it's just, it's bizarre, but you think about it, it's like, how many of these teams are one injury away from falling off the map? There's a couple that are a little bit impervious to that, you'd think Alabama, Ohio State, but right now with Clemson? down at the half and, and they're starting quarterback out, not having their starter from a year ago because they just let him transfer. They don't I don't know look how much good. confidence you don't have. Don't look
2: so. good. Nope. Um, now, I am going to throw out a theory. Fire away As with to theory. why Kyler Murray is not going to be playing for a quarter or two minutes of this game.
1: Well, remember that Baker Mayfield was suspended for the opening drive of a game last year for yes, something. grabbing his crotch. For the crotch grab, that's right. I'm pretty sure... They're like, hey, this is Oklahoma. This is a crotch-chop town, not a crotch-grab town. Okay, okay. Oh, no? That's offensive. You don't think of Oklahoma as a... Norman as a crotch-chop
2: town? Now, I am of the suspicion that Kyler Murray was orchestrating some type of bunga-bunga party in his (laughs) hotel room. Cops came in because, let me tell you something, going on away Uh, games or home games... They have a police officer with you all the time, and I can tell you from experience, they come into your room before bed check, and they walk around your room, make sure nothing bad's going on, you're not drinking, you don't have girls in there, and then they walk out. I think Kyler Murray was having some fun spending some of that four mil he got from the Oakland A's and decided (laughs) to just have himself a party in the hotel room. Cops told Coach, Coach said, God, take him out for a quarter that what he said? Is that Lincoln it. Riley sound Take him out for a quarter there. I think you're an idiot. Now, I wish we had footage of it, because then we could John Nadden the thing. Oh, look here. Now, he's going to bring in these women right here, and they're going to walk right through the door. Bam, on the back I'd
1: like to remind everybody that this is wild speculation, and Will Darkens is generally an idiot. I have sources. I Do you? They're in my head. <laughs> the voice. Can you source the voices in your head? Yeah. All right. Let's get to that Twitter poll. Let's get to the NFL uh, next after a little sidetrack from quarterbacks getting their heads pummeled. We've got more injury news from the NFL and we'll try to set up uh, week four for you. Uh, when we return center and St. Uh, what are we? 1080. The fan You missed the uh, NFL start of week four on Thursday night. You missed uh, what might have been the best game of the NFL season. People are saying. What do you think of Thursday night in your Los Angeles Rams with Woo-hoo! the big 38-31 victory over a rock-solid Mi- uh, Minnesota Vikings team coming off a of loss to the Buffalo Bills?
2: Let me tell you something. My bandwagon fanship is just flourishing right now, my friend. I am a huge Rams fan. It has just ramped up and it's stayed steady. The more they win, the more I'm a fan. The minute they lose, you're out of here.
1: I'm out of here. I don't want to follow them anymore.
2: You're out of here. But then the minute they win after
1: that, I'm back on. Let's do I'm this very thing. upset about a headline that has dominated the uh, news cycle since that game. Okay. And this is actually what led to our poll. So, uh, at Center Saint 1080 on Twitter, yeah. we put up a poll. Will, what's our poll? Our poll, Vikings long snapper lost his finger
2: on Thursday night football. Tip of his finger. Very important distinction. If you had to lose a body part in a sporting contest, it would be 1% of
1: you said a quarter of your tongue. Where did that come from? I don't know. Oh, okay. Okay. You put it there, though. 18% said bitten off earlobe. Yeah, and that's Mike Tyson.
2: Uh, 33% say tip of a finger, and surprisingly, 48% say half of a front tooth. (laughs) Dude, half of a front tooth?
1: That can be patched pretty easily, I think.
2: Ugh. I, there's a couple of options. One, you could have them try to match up the color of your teeth and then super glue uh, another half on, right?
1: That's what they do. Swag's got one of those. Remember it fell off? Well, no, Swag did a full-on veneer. Yeah, but it won't it,
2: it, well, day- But what they do, I have veneers, too. Yeah. Now, this is going to lead into a story that I went to a Beaver football game once, <laughs> got drunk, started running, tripped, and then curb stomped myself and shattered my two front teeth.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's a fantastic story. What, what they do is like yeah, they, sh- they grind them down and then they put a tooth yeah, over fangs, the stub of a and tooth. And then they yeah.
2: put yeah. yeah, dude, veneers are insanely expensive. I think it was only last year that I got done paying them off. Oh,
1: well, yeah, mine, mine because it, I had a, a darkened tooth from an old sports injury. Insurance paid for it because it was uh, caused by a traumatic occurrence or whatever they called it. Should have used that. Yeah, you, you, you. Did the wrong thing but well i i mean i had my tooth was a little bit darker than the other one for quite a while and then they're like oh i'll bet you the insurance will pay for that no problem but here, the tooth is easy to fix it may cost a little bit of money but here's here's the tip my, of a finger though okay so Come here's on. here's my beef with the tip of the finger okay how much of your finger is considered the tip i don't know how See, much is the tip i don't know I stepped on your. Uh, that's what she said. Yeah. No, but the, every story it doesn't tell me is so. Is that the down to the first knuckle? Is it just a little bit of flesh on the pad of your finger? Because that's not as impressive. So I if you
2: if you're choosing that one, what you would hope it is, is that it's not the fingernail itself, what? but you're getting almost the imprint shredded off.
1: Yeah, that's that's so this this is a story. So the kid's name is what Kevin McDougal or whatever it is. Yes, Kevin McLongsnapper. Kevin McLongsnapper lost the tip of his finger against the Rams on Thursday night. So immediately Kevin McDermott. Kevin McDermott, so he loses the tip of his finger. In every story, nobody tells me how much of the tip of his finger is lost. And then the other thing that they do is they compare it to Ronnie Lott, who had it amputated at the second knuckle so he could keep playing in a game so he didn't have to have surgery and miss more time. So they snipped it off at the end of a game. Now, I know how much of Ronnie Lott's finger is missing because there's pictures, and they said that it had to be amputated. I'm picturing when you hear this story initially, he got it caught in a face mask. I'm picturing a guy running around the field with part of a finger in his face mask. But what I think actually happened was he had like a little bit of skin ripped off his finger, had to get a stitch, and then went back back out there and long snapped, what which is not as impressive of a story.
2: What you're basically questioning is where are we here on a scale of manicure to
1: JPP? He, yeah, because he didn't say he lost a fingernail. It didn't say he lost a knuckle. It said he lost the tip of his finger. That means. Yeah, he tore off a little part of the end of his finger that required a stitch, and he went back there and played. And you know what? He should have went back out and played if that's all he lost. Yeah, what a wuss. He got an owie on the tip of his finger is what happened. Yeah, bro, get back in there and long snap, yo. Am I wrong? Because if he lost it at the first knuckle, you would say expressly he lost it out the knuckle. If he lost a fingernail, he lost a fingernail and the tip of his finger. No, he lost a little piece of skin. They went in and put in a little suture, and he went back out there and did... The toughest job in football and long snapped. Oh, but his fingers touched the ball. Yeah, it was his pinky. Well, you don't. Maybe, maybe he
2: has some venereal disease. What does that have to do with well, anything? Well, he's obviously going to bleed, right? What are you talking about? You're going to get blood on the football. Other people are going to touch it.
1: Are you suggesting he has AIDS? I didn't say that. I said a venereal disease. A bloodborne venereal disease? Yeah. What is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Why I'm not would br- you have an open mind about this. By the uh, way, I just
2: are are people answering this question about the initial pain? Right? Because I am very confused as to why so many people are picking half of
1: your front tooth. That, that's really painful. It's well, really I, awful. I think the idea was that the injury would be something you'd have to live with for the rest of your life, right? And the tooth is certainly not that because it can be repaired. Somebody bites off the bottom part of your ear, all uh Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, you're walking around missing a chunky ear. There's no good patch job for that. The tip patch your, job for an earlobe? No. So that's why that's down on the list. Take some and, of your butt cheek and, and again, put it on your and ear. And again, you threw in quarter of your tongue <laughs> as part of the answer? Like, the back quarter. <laughs> the Not back, the front. The back left quarter of your the tongue. back left quarter. The one that doesn't require you to speak. Oh, that sounds terrible. Talk- but talk- where did you come up with that as an option? Because that sounds awful. Who's the idiot that did the 1%? Was that you? I actually didn't vote. So who voted 1%? 55305, better you today, text line. Why on earth would you choose quarter of your tongue?
2: I don't think you'll That's be surprised choice. if it's Lou Holtz. Because he's missing half of his tongue.
1: It's gonna be a good game. Oh, uh, hey, let's run around some of the best games in college football to kick off hour three. Does that sound sound like fun? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. The bonus hour three of the center and the saint is next. 1080 the fan.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?